Steelers fans got a lot of excitement right before the Chiefs game in the playoffs to see Juju Smith-Schuster's return to the field. He's been a guy who's bad, who battled through a serious injury to come back in a year where he really didn't have to, all to prove that he could get one more chance with Ben Roethlisberger in a year that he already took a deal that was less expensive or gave him less money than the other offers that he had from other NFL teams. But will Juju Smith-Schuster take such an offer again, and should the Steelers offer that to him? We'll talk about that, the Steelers' continued defensive coordinator search, and a potential quarterback that they could trade for who's a veteran in the NFL. All today on the Locked On Steelers podcast, where myself, Chris Carter, will be joined by Brooke Pryor of ESPN, their Steelers beat writer. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Be sure to hit the like button on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button to the channel to get all of our daily content. If you want to support us, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment all at the same time. And you really have all the show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Joining me today is Brooke Pryor of ESPN returning to the show. Brooke, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm loving the time of year where we all start to make somewhat educated guesses on the future of teams, quarterbacks, coordinators, players. It's it's so much fun. Just throw things to a wall and see what sticks. I have refused to do a single mock draft until the Super Bowl is over. I am holding myself to this because I see other people they are doing like 20. They've already done 20 mock drafts. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I listen, there's a time of the year for that. It's like Christmas music. I don't start playing Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. That's my rule. Same thing with See, mock drafts. I'm with you. And I say that as I'm like sitting here podcasting with you, looking uh, over my computer, and I still have my Christmas tree up and my stockings <laughs> up. So I guess that means that I'm going to do mock drafts after the draft. Um, I'm not really sure what that comparison is, but I am with you. I do like to try to wait for my Christmas music, but then I just let it linger for a while just for fun or laziness. That's absolutely, Hey, it's, 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 it's okay. That's, 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 that's tradition, but okay, Brooke, let's get down to some, to, to a serious topic for the Steelers. And it's a question that I, I don't think too many Steelers fans really thought too much about this season because he was gone for so long, but Juju Smith Schuster, he signed a one-year deal Technically a five-year deal, but with void years, blah, 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 we, we know. But he's basically signed a one-year deal to say, hey, with the Steelers, he'll come back, he'll play with Ben Roethlisberger for another year, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Well, you know, the idea was Juju would play through the year, and then if he did really well, it would give him a chance to really make some money in free agency. Well, he was doing fine until he got hurt in week five of the season and was out for pretty much the entire regular season. And then, of course, he surprised everyone by just returning to practice out of nowhere and then playing in the Chiefs game uh, which in the playoffs, which was impressive of a turnaround for a guy who had a separated shoulder. Um, so, you know, a lot of heart there. A lot of fans love Juju Smith-Schuster. He's, you know, he's been a tough guy. He's been a warrior. But now the question comes, 
is he a guy the Steelers should think about keeping around? I know a lot of people were talking about how he was the third best receiver and this, that, and the third on the team. But, you know, you looked at the inconsistencies you saw from Chase Claypool. He did not take the step forward people hoped he would. You saw how Deontay Johnson started really strong, looking like a really good wide receiver one for several weeks to open the season. And then in the final month and a half, just fell back into dropping the ball, not being consistent. And now, right now, there is no definite, hey, that's my guy at wide receiver on this team, which is odd to say about the Steelers. Does that put the Steelers in a situation where, like, they really should consider keeping him around? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to me, Juju is the glue guy at that wide receiver position. And not only that, (coughs) excuse me. You're fine. Not only is he a glue guy, he's the one dependable threat, even if he isn't as explosive as he was earlier in his career or as flashy as he was earlier in his career. He's the guy that can make a catch that has a very limited number of drops and can also do the dirty work, pick up the yards after catch, lay the blocks, do the tough grinded out work that I think this wide receiver position as a whole really lacked once he went out. And I think I mean, a guy like James Washington is capable of that, but he wasn't getting on the field enough. He is also a free agent. I don't think he returns to the Steelers by any means because he was trying to force his way out during training camp when he kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, But Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are not the same kind of receiver that Juju can be and is when he's healthy. Um, I, I really think that the Steelers need to make a strong push to keep him around. Either they give him another year deal or... He's been kind of throwing out the three to four year uh, numbers where he wants some more security with the team that also gives him a chance to hit the open market again while he's still young enough to get another big contract. I just think that he's a guy that has a lot of not only intangibles, but also just on the field. They need that guy over the middle that can be consistent that, you know, they're not worrying about like a Deontay where he's really hot, but then he gets really cold really fast. Like, Juju doesn't do that. He's just, he's consistent. He can make some splash plays. He can make some plays that can really change a game. But I think the good thing about him is it, and it's crazy to say this when you think about the maturity conversations that we've had about the Steelers, Mm -hmm. Juju is one of the most, I think, mature players in that room, even, (laughs) even with all the TikTok dances. Like I know people are going to come for me like, oh, you're saying a guy that does TikToks is mature. (laughs) Yes. Newsflash, you can be both. (laughs) Um, I think in terms of on the field in a game, he brings a maturity that it seems the rest of the group kind of lacks. And to me, that makes him worthy of another contract from the Steelers. And to me, that's a, that's a big thing here. I also think the profile of what Juju does on offense would really fit what the Steelers might become in the next year or two while they wait to find out who's going to be their quarterback of the future and become more of a predominant run team with a defense. You know, if it, if we do it, if they do what we expect to invest in the offensive line, maybe not try to get their their, their next air right away and say, hey, let's just let's build the team up, let's be, let's rebuild the defense with depth players so that it can become a superstar unit again. Let's get Najee Harris, the lineman he needs to be a dominant run force, and get just a a game managing quarterback. That's what Heinz Ward built his career on before Ben Roethlisberger got there. And even while Ben Roethlisberger was there for the early part, he didn't have stellar quarterback play. Heinz Ward was just a guy that was over the middle, got the tough yards, did the tough things. 
And Juju is a guy that often gets compared to Heinz Ward because he does the over-the-middle things. He works out the slot. He blocks really hard. And he's kind of that guy. He's not super fast. He's not super tall. He won't out-jump anybody. But he just gives you that consistent effort and, he, and, he, and that maturity, like you said, to focus in, in, in games. I do think that there's a value that could fit there. And then contract-wise, the Steelers do have him for four more void years on, on, on the books of $1.4 million a year, so $5.6 million overall. You could look at that and say, hey, Juju, let's offer you a little bit more money. Let's get let's get you on the books. You won't make a ton here, but maybe it's a maybe it's a one year, maybe it's two, three, four years. But you could say, hey, you know, by the time say say this, they give him four years. By the time that 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 four year contract is done, he'll be twenty nine years old. That's prime time for a receiver to get a big deal. And who knows where this NFL salary cap will be by then? Because it keeps increasing every year with them adding more games. Who knows? We'll be paying twenty one game seasons by then. Uh, and and, and just the style salary cap is like five hundred million. Who knows? Oh my god. But but the point being is that he has a lot of balls in his court that he can play right now, and I think it's it's very smart of him to to, to keep to keep on here. And again, he knows the Steelers, he knows they value him, he knows the the the, the other receivers. Um, but you know, there's also been rumors that he's interested in playing Kansas with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, granted, I think everybody's interested in playing the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> if they called me, I'd say yes, I, I I'd consider playing wide receiver Patrick Patrick Mahomes. But it's uh, to me, it does make sense for the Steelers and Juju to have a mutual interest here so that he can keep his fan base and keep the base that, that he's built and maybe be part of whatever's coming with the Steelers. Right. I, I think it will require some patience on his part because of the quarterback situation. Yes. And with that in mind, yeah, I mean, it would be really hard to turn down the Chiefs if they give him a similar offer to what the Steelers are offering. <clears throat> the difference in Kansas City, though, is that they already have marketable stars. So for Juju, I think it's does is he okay being just one of the guys who can be a contributor but he's not going to be the crux of the offense in mm. in Kansas City. He's not going to be the guy. He's probably going to be number 3, maybe even number 4. Um and especially on a list of like marketable stars, I'd say he's four, maybe five when you add like Tyron Matthew into the mix. If you stay in Pittsburgh, you are, you have, he, he's an indisposable part of the offense. He's also the face on the offensive side, kind of along with Najee Harris, obviously. Um, but he is one of the stars here and he's made such a big brand on being the face of a team. He continues to get to do that in Pittsburgh. He said he likes that Pittsburgh lets him be himself. The Chiefs are also really good, I think, in letting players be themselves and express themselves. Andy Reid's very big on that. So I think that he would find kind of a, a similar locker room there. But I just – you wonder what he wants out of a team. Um, and if he wants to join a super team like the Chiefs, don't blame him at all. You know, go no. go chase your rings. Go be a part of, of a historic offense. But – he could also be on the ground level here of building something up, making some money while he does it, being in a comfortable place, being in a place that really celebrates him mm -hmm. um, and getting to kind of run things here in Pittsburgh to a degree, of course. That certainly would be, a, I see that as something marketable to a Juju Smith-Schuster um, who has, I mean, he's really built himself a brand. He's been on Super Bowl commercials. He, he's made himself a face in the NFL. Uh, he could continue to do that if the Steelers, I mean, again, Mike Tom on the Steelers, 
in a year with Ben Roethlisberger being at the worst of his career, a bad offensive line, a, def a defense that had holes in it with injuries and other ro roster concerns. They could address several of those things by next year and be a better team. And he, again, be, be have a chance to be a part of it and maybe even be the lead receiver of that group. So uh, certainly things to consider there moving forward. But we got to talk more about the defensive coordinator search. It has continued to expand for the Steelers. They continue to request interviews for other candidates. We'll discuss the newest person and what the Steelers might actually have in store for the defensive coordinator position and other vacancies on the defensive coaching staff. But first, I got to talk to you about the guys about Get Upside. Hey, Steelers fans, this is Chris Carter with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the app store google play right now be sure to use the promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash and you'll get cash back right away don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a year in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with ESPN's Brooke Pryor back on the show. Brooke, the defensive coordinator job, it's it's so funny because at the start of the week or even the end of last week, when Keith Butler announced, you know, it was announced that he was he was retiring and there was going to be a vacancy. That all the jokes were like, well, they're just going to promote Terrell Austin, just get it out of the way. But now the Steelers have interviewed three potential candidates or requested to interview three potential candidates who are uh, who are, are assistant coaches across the NFL. First, of course, with was Pat was Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Giants, had been a linebackers coach, a defensive line coach, and a run def defense coordinator uh, for different teams. Then they went and talked to Chris Richard of the Saints, defensive backs coach for them, was a defensive backs coach for the Legion of Boom and the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl, and now they've interviewed Joe Witt Jr., who is the Cowboys' secondary coach. Of course, uh, him working with Trayvon Diggs in his ridiculous season of getting all those interceptions with the Cowboys. But he's also worked as the pass game coordinator and uh, the secondary coach for the Falcons, the Browns, and the Packers over the years. He's, he's kind of developed himself over time. And now you're looking at, okay, well, there's another guy in play here. But the question still remains – you know, I, I saw some people say, like, well, this is just to satisfy the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule has been satisfied. They've interviewed multiple minority co coaching candidates for, for the job, so that's fine. But they continue to seem, seem to kick the tires on these guys. Is this a play to maybe find someone who does defensive coordinating better than Terrell Austin? Or is this maybe them doing a sneaky way to figure out who might replace Terrell Austin if he grows up to secondary, if he goes up to defensive coordinator and leaves the secondary coach spot vacant? I still think T.A. Terrell Austin is the front runner for this job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that they have more than satisfied the Rooney rules, so they're kind of going above and beyond and evaluating these external candidates. But I still get the sense that Mike Tomlin isn't going to change how he does things. And the Steelers are known for promoting within. They go go to the assistants and, and make hires pretty quickly or make promotions pretty quickly. I do think it's notable, though, that the additional person that they that they are 
reportedly interviewing is a secondary guy because yeah, maybe he does come in and he fills in some of Terrell Austin's duties as that secondary coach when TA jumps up and has more responsibilities as defensive coordinator. Um, it could also be if TA is hired away somewhere else, they want to make sure because he's, I think, been in the mix for maybe some other positional jobs or they're like, hey, if if Leslie Frazier gets a job somewhere or if any of these other defensive coordinators get a head coaching job, will Terrell Austin then be in the mix for their defensive coordinator positions? You want to make sure that you have some options here or you want to make your hire before these people are making their hires. Um, so I think it's smart for the Steelers to evaluate some outside options. Um, I think that any of these guys would be good candidates. I think, though, for Tomlin to continue to do things how he wants to do them, assuming that he continues kind of holding things to the status quo where he has been calling some, if not all, of the defensive plays, he wants somebody that is going to be comfortable with that system Terrell Austin seems like he would probably be pretty amenable to it if he's stuck around in Pittsburgh these last couple of years. He knows what the deal is. Um, so I, I think that all of that makes sense for the Steelers to continue to promote internally. I know there are people that are very frustrated with how they do things. Um, although in Terrell Austin's case, it's not like he was here for 20 years and is now being elevated and he's been around the league he's been yes. with the Steelers for less than five years but I, I still understand the optics of the frustration there but I think one of my favorite things that I did in the exit zoom interviews last week with the players <clears throat> was asking them what they like about uh, TA and they all mm -hmm. said a lot of it is his personality, the way he values players, the way he listens to what you're asking, the way he values their input, he very much sounds like a Mike Tomlin type coach on the defensive side. And to me, you want a coach that is like, if, if your head coach is like that, it'd be pretty good to have your defensive coordinator kind of have that same philosophy, um, just a real players coach. And if guys already really like him and are endeared to him, I, to me, it makes sense to continue to to keep him in the system. And yeah, hire one of these other options to either be the linebackers coach. That's what uh, Keith Butler was doing to an extent, um, the outside linebackers coach or secondary. I mean, there, there will be another hole to fill. So this is, you're right, it is a nice backdoor way of, hey, we're bringing you in for a defensive coordinator job, but how would you feel about being a secondary guy or just being the linebackers coach or co-defensive coordinators there are any number of ways the Steelers could tweak it um, but it, it is good that they are at least looking outside the organization even if the idea is still I mean pretty clear what it, it seems they're going to do I mean the Steelers have have traditionally promoted from within uh, something that Josh Taylor of KDKA uh, uh, or TV here in Pittsburgh pointed out on this show about a week ago he pointed out like hey like people think that this this is something that they only they've only done recently or this is a bad thing Dick LeBeau was a, was an internal hire he was he, he was promoted from being defensive backs coach to the to the defensive coordinator and then became legendary for being a defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh so you know the, it's it's not uncommon it's not unusual and it's actually something that the Steelers have, have liked and, and something you know on the zoom you asked Minka you were the I think you were the one who asked Minka Fitzpatrick what does Terrell Austin bring and he's like he's like hey I hope I don't want to talk too well about him because mm -hmm. I don't want other people to, to get him and mm -hmm. having that kind of relationship with a superstar safety on your team that's a really good thing to have 
going to the defensive coordinator position because if if you have Minka's respect, that means if there's if at any point in time, not that this happens commonplace or anything like that, but if at any point in time there's players on the defense that are like, mm, I don't like this plan or I don't like this or I think we should be doing it this way, you have the support of one of your best players who can look at that person and say, shut up. That's the coach. He's my guy. He knows what he's doing, and you better listen to me because I'm I'm the big dog on this team. And Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, he's still young, but he's stepping into that role of that kind of a leader. And I, I think it says something to have a guy that, one, has that relationship, but two, just, again, everybody knows him and respects him on the roster. So mm-hmm. if you just promote him next year when he's defensive coordinator, there's no ice-breaking that needs to be done. He doesn't have to go talk to Cam Hayward and TJ Watt about what he's going to expect of them. They're going to be like, no, hey, hey, throw, well, let's go. We, we, we know what we got to mm-hmm. do. And he also knows what they like to do. There won't be, there will be, it's, it takes away a lot of the bridges that would have to be crossed compared to an external hire. But again, I, I think that the Steelers, they operate in, in many ways to get to accomplish their objectives. They're preparing a contingency plan for if Terrell Hostin gets hired away, which can happen. We, we know that the, sometimes things go awry or if they want to get one of those guys and convince them to take one of the positional uh, the positional coaching spots, and then you get another guy in your system who maybe in three or four years, if Terrell Austin is ready to move up to be a head coach or do something else, one of those guys steps in. I, I think all of these mm-hmm. things are good things for them to explore. Yeah, I think, like, it, to me, it's clear you need to have some new voices on the defensive side. To me, a guy like Patrick Grand that specializes – in the run game, mm. that was one of the most glaring areas that the of Steelers course. needed help in this this last season. Get a guy to help shore up the run defense. Like, bring in, I think somebody like that doesn't necessarily have to be the defensive coordinator to fix some of those things. So make a hire like that for your position coach. Um, the secondary, I don't think, was as big of a, an area that needed to be fixing. Uh, there's still question marks there, especially losing Joe Hayden, who knows about Akella Witherspoon. Um, there are things that need to be tweaked there. But to me, it's important to bring a guy in that can coach up front in uh, the just the run game as a whole to help some of that stuff. And then still promote Terrell Austin, I think, will be how all of that shakes out. Absolutely. I think that that's going to be one of the more interesting things. We'll see how much longer this search takes. The Steelers can take their time as, as they do so uh, to see what happens, what happens here. Um, but we got, we got to take another quick break. When we come back. There's a certain veteran quarterback who's still in the playoffs right now, who a lot of people are pointing at and say, yeah, the Steelers, maybe he could go there next year. Uh, I don't know. We'll explore what, what, who that quarterback is and the realities slash maybe a little bit of imagination that people are doing to make that a possibility moving forward. But first, got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. With the conference championships coming up, there's no better place to make to make your best sports wagering action for the 2022 season than betonline.ag. With a new year, they have a new updated desktop and mobile website, and you can sign up today on betonline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus when you sign up at betonline.ag. From football to basketball, Basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2022 season at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports at Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Brooke, let's talk about this guy. Now, I, I must point out there is a big fan of the show who is – it's funny. He, he's he's a Pittsburgher, but he's a Niners fan, Dan LaVoy. Uh, Dan, Dan the man. I always call him Dan the man. He's a funny guy on Twitter. Um, but he has been telling me for like years, the Steelers should go get Jimmy Garoppolo. The Steelers should go. I'm like, Dan, if you're such a Niners fan, why don't you just keep him? Huh? Huh? Why don't you just do that, Dan? Hmm? But uh, in all seriousness, that it's it's not an uncommon thing that people have thought about the Steelers going and getting some veteran quarterback. Jay Glazer reported it, you know, months ago that that Mike Tomlin wanted to get a veteran quarterback instead of restarting over with a rookie quarterback right away. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is a name that starts to get floated around a bit. Why? Because, well, one, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's now in an NFC Championship with a chance to get to another Super Bowl, and he's on a team that. They have Trey Lance. They they have the, they have their supposed quarterback of the future with the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe they'd be willing to unload him and say, hey, let's see what we can get for him. But, you know, Brooke, I've talked about on this show why Aaron Rodgers doesn't make sense for the Steelers, why, you know, any, any of these other quarterbacks that would be heavy, heavily expensive against the salary cap and heavily expensive in draft picks to acquire just wouldn't make sense. But is Jimmy Garoppolo, who of all the quarterbacks that are still in the, the, the playoffs right now, Matt Stafford, uh, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Jimmy Garoppolo, he's the one, he's the uh, the, the ugly duckling. He's the guy that everyone's kind of looking like, okay, you're not the same as, as, as all, as all the others here. Would, the, would that value be low enough that, it would be an intriguing trade to give Steelers enough leverage in the trade to say, hey, we're going to offer this li this little amount of draft capital to take on Jimmy Garoppolo in, in, in as, as a veteran quarterback. If I'm the Steelers, I'm not giving up more than a third-round pick, maybe like a third and a fifth, a third and a sixth, split over two different years, but I'm not giving up anything more than that. Like I And... I would want San Francisco to eat a good amount of his salary. I agree with that. Um, yes. Because his cap hit next year is uh, 26.9. Woo! That's no. a lot of money for just an average quarterback. I mean, he is not the reason that the 49ers are where they are. I mean, I was looking at his stats from the last couple games, and it's not pretty. He's <laughs> thrown more interceptions than touchdowns nice. against – the Titans in the, in their last four games: Titans, Rams, Cowboys, Packers. Like, ooh, it's he to me. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a guy that the Steelers are going to build their future around. He's a right. bridge guy. Mm -hmm. So if you trade for him and sign him, one way to lower his cap hit would be through an extension, but I don't think the Steelers want to give him a long extension here to spread out some of that cap hit. Like to me, he's not the, the long-term answer at quarterback. He's a bridge guy. That's a lot of money for a bridge guy. The Steelers also have so many other needs that they need to address that giving up a high draft pick 
they need to fix their line badly. They've got to come up with another safety if they don't re-sign Terrell Edmonds. Another corner maybe if they don't get Akello back or Joe Hayden back. Inside linebacker. I mean, it's kind of funny. I think there's two different perceptions of the Steelers. There is the perception that um, from from people I think that don't pay super close attention that, oh, well, all, all they need is a quarterback and they can be a contender. And then I think there's those well. of us that are watching this team on a daily basis <coughs> are watching these games on a weekly basis going, oh, they are a long way away from just a plug-and-play quarterback. Here we go back to the playoffs. Like, right. There are some significant concerns that they need to address that I don't think they can leverage all of this draft capital to go out and get a guy, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo. And it would have to be a bargain, bargain price to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. And even then, like, I mean, I, I, I guess you don't draft a, a quarterback in the first round. If you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, you wait a couple years for the quarterback classes to get better. But I think it's still just pushing off the inevitable. They draft a rookie and draft and develop him. And at this point, I, I, I think that you should do that from the outset and maybe get, a veteran guy in free agency, like a Jameis Winston or something, mm. but someone that is much more reasonably priced yes. that you don't have to leverage all of this, all of your future to bring a guy in for a year or two. That's my thing. You can't give up picks and salary cap space because what they're doing here is now the Steelers, when Ben Roethlisberger retires and they make the necessary cuts on guys that have too big a contracts on the roster, they're going to have a good bit of salary cap space. You want to use as much of that space as possible to address, to maybe get guys that are going to last you not just one or two years, but maybe three, four, three or four years and, and, and get to get, bring you really good play at their positions through free agency. And then on top of that, you want to be drafting guys that are building you forward and setting up that roster for when you do want to get that quarterback. I did yesterday's episode with Tony Serino saying it makes sense. The 2023 NFL draft class may have at least CJ Stroud and um, Bryce Young in it. And if it has those two alone, that gives you say, hey, you know what? Maybe you can just, you know, that's the year that you trade, trade up. If you hit on free agency this year and hit on the draft this year, maybe you go into 2023 singing, you know what? We don't need a center as much because we got Tyler Linda Bomber. We don't need to get offensive tackle as much because we paid for one in, in, in free agency. We don't need to get a second linebacker in the def, next to Devin Bush because we've already done that. We've accomplished all these goals. Maybe there's a, a de- depth defensive lineman or, or, or a guard here. It's something that you want to address. But that first round pick, you know what? We can cough up not only this year's first round pick, but next year's first round pick, and then a third or something else on top of that to go up and say, hey, one of these superstar quarterbacks that's coming up that has a bit of a higher pedigree than maybe a Kenny Pickett or maybe than a Desmond Riddler or Sam Howell or Matt Corral or Malik Willis, maybe that's the move there. So I'm with you on that. That makes a ton of sense. And again, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's money, it just it, it makes it makes no sense to commit to yourself to, to say, hey, you know what? We're just going to go all in and uh, and cost $26.9 million against the cap. Now, he would I, I do believe technically as is the, the his contract would require the, the Niners to eat $1.4 million of that. But again, that's nothing in the, in the large scale. That's not enough. Like, that is not enough. They would need to take half of the 25. Like, if they took 12 off, then I could say, you know what? Steelers for a fourth? Maybe, but but not even a third because a third again got this team Alex Highsmith, who's looking right. at a really good number two edge. Would you give up an Alex Highsmith for four years for one year of Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think so. 
Right. And the Steelers are a team that drafts really well, uh, especially this last year. I know that Kendrick Green hasn't hit at the position that they put him at, but the rest of their picks came in and have made pretty immediate impacts. Um, I just don't think that it's worth the draft capital. I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, is not enough of a significant upgrade over Mason Rudolph to justify bringing him in at a premium price. He, first of all, they look kind of similar, which is weird. Um, but they are just, <laughs> I never thought about that. But they're both, they're both Ken dolls. They are. They, that would just be a lot of, a lot of product on one team. Um, <laughs> I, the world couldn't handle that. It's better if we keep them separate. Um, it'd be like two doppelgangers meeting each other. Like <laughs> there'd be a black mirror episode. This is I, black mirror, a re- reality TV show for sure. <laughs> like, I, I just don't think that. He cre- he has that much more upside than Mason Rudolph. Like, I don't think Mason Rudolph is the answer either, but they also don't have to pay him what they would have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, to me, that's why would you pay twice for the same thing and pay one like significantly more? You know, I I don't know. To me, it's like if you get if you get like Oreos and then you get this the target brand of Oreos, <laughs> like the regular Oreos are, yeah, they're going to be a little bit better, but like the Target brand Oreos are fine. And they also like, they satisfy a craving when you need it. So, and and one is significantly cheaper than the other. There you go. Right there. So, so what you're saying, what you're saying is Jimmy Garoppolo is just your regular old plain old Oreo and uh, Mason Rudolph is enough and get that. Now to, to more to your point, avoiding analogies and us making jokes about an actual stat on Jimmy Garoppolo. This is calculated by Ian Harditz, who's of pro football focus. I know that name is going to ring, you know, Steelers fans are like PFF, girl, we don't like them, but listen to this one. This is, you know, this is a stat where basically it, it's a, it's a measurement of comparing big time throws to turnover worthy plays in in, in a season. So basically plays that should have been or were interceptions slash sack fumbles um, versus play throws that were, you know, major completions, big plays down the field, major conversions, things like that by measuring this statistic. Now I granted that's very subjective and you could play around with that a lot, but by measuring this statistic, there's a plus and a minus here. And if you're, so if you're a minus, you're, you're, you're making a lot more of the bad throws than you are of the good throws. As the absolute worst on the season, Jimmy Garoppolo, by this stat, had a negative 16. So saying he had 16 more turnover-worthy plays, according to Ian, this Ian Harditz of Pro Football Focus, over the, the big-time throws. That was most in the NFL tied with Mike Glennon. Tied for third, though, was Big Ben Roethlisberger and Tua Tagovailoa so at negative 12. So looking at that alone he's not he's not the guy and i think you know some people may look at well he's in the nfc championship game nick wright said it best yes there was a 17 point comeback in week 18 over the los angeles rams that got them the win but he does not get credit for putting out the fire that he started by by stinking up in the first part of the so that's where i'm at with jimmy g is that you know if if jimmy g came to the steelers cost them 10 million dollars no draft picks i think that's livable that that, that's doable but not for $25 million, nor for anything higher than a fourth-round pick next year. Like, I, I wouldn't even consider a fourth-round pick this year. I, I, the Steelers are in such important place right now where they need to find depth players, even, you know, starters and depth players, that they need those middle-round picks unless they're getting something that's going to really help them down the run build this this 
team, this nucleus that they're trying to formulate after the, the, the in the first part of the era after Ben Roethlisberger. Right. And I think, too, this is also a different conversation if we're talking about, like, Derek Carr, for example. <clears throat> because Carr has more mobility yes. than Garoppolo has. Like, Garoppolo is also just a similar quarterback to Mason Rudolph and to what they already have on the roster. What they don't have is a guy with, with more mobility, yeah. which the rest of the division around them seems to have. You don't want to be the guy with the pocket passer no. while everybody else is playing this modernized version. I mean, I'm not saying that every team has to go out and get a Lamar Jackson while it would be awesome. <laughs> I just, it to me, there has to be a middle ground and the Steelers need at least something more in that direction to add to the roster. Adding a Garoppolo would be taking a step back. I'm right with you there. It just it, it doesn't make sense to to do it in a lot of ways. And so as long as he is a quarterback on the 49ers with that price tag and would require draft picks to acquire, I am saying no on Jimmy Garoppolo. Take that, Dan. Uh, for you know, if he ever brings it, I'm sure if he sees this, he will tag me on Twitter and uh, and give give me some uh, some trouble for making this. But Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. You are a joy to have on the show whenever we 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 get you. Um, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of the awesome work that you do. I'm on Twitter at be prior, and you can read my content on ESPN.com. Under the NFL tab, uh, I'm going to go find some throat lozenges and a whole lot of water <laughs> and Gatorade to clear this up. There you go. Find that. But, hey, you can also see her whenever whenever they're talking on Get Up. Like That's one of my favorite parts. When I see Brooke Pryor be like, I'm about to be on Get Up. And I'm like, hold on a second. Let me turn that on right quick. So you can always catch her on TV on ESPN2 talking talk with Mike and all, and all the guys there. So, Brooke, thank you so much for joining us. You're a joy to have here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We look forward to the next time you're on. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can find this show, the, the Lockdown Steelers podcast, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Like, like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel for all of our daily content. Remember to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for more. Uh, to get a shout at the end of the show because we really appreciate those five-star review. They really help us out. That's our Thursday episode. That means Friday's coming up. You know what that means. Jenna Harner and I go at it again in the picks. We're going to be talking about a whole lot more on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Stay tuned. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears tomorrow.